0: welcome to the mike on much podcast i'm your host mike veerman we're the friend and trusted producer max kerman we also have our pop culture aficionado shane cunningham a shane cunningham with an all-new look he has cut his pandemic hair it was long it was flowing it was down past his shoulders uh, it is no longer the case and shane i gotta say i was a little nervous because you put into the group uh the other night hey who do people use for their haircut in hamilton And I was, I was going to jump in right away and recommend my guy, but cutting from long hair to short hair can be uh, an extreme experience. So I got very nervous that I'm like, oh, if I'm the guy that recommends this person and his haircut doesn't turn out, I don't want that kind of pressure. So I just sort of, I did the best of both worlds where I said, this is who I I use at this place. And depending on how you feel about my haircut, that's either an endorsement or an indictment. Uh, And the other guys piped in, uh, Shane, who did you end up taking uh, on as your haircut person?
1: It's tough taking a recommendation from you, Mike, because your hair always looks good no matter what cut you get, whereas it's my haircut needs to be perfect for me to look good. And case in point, I went to a location. It wasn't any of the locations that was recommended to me. It was just I needed a haircut quick. Yes. So I went to a place. I won't say the name. Got my haircut. And I think it was a fine haircut. However, I'm wearing a mask like this when I'm getting my hair cut. <laughs> so sometimes you got to see the face to know how the hair is going to look on the face. They never took my mask off my face and it seemed like it did look okay in the mirror. And then when I got home and took it off, I looked exactly like Javier Bardem in no country for old men, <laughs> but a, mixed with like a Bob, like a, like a Karen type Bob haircut. And he was like, at the back, it was in Alex. I, tr- I tried looking at Alex and talking to her and she's trying to keep it together and be kind and keep a straight face. <laughs> but she just starts laughing and she started turning red and like she was laughing so hard she was crying. I go, just, you know, let me wet it a little bit because sometimes when they style <laughs> your hair in the chair, they don't know how you do it. You Like it's taken me 20 years to develop how to style my hair. So I go to the washroom. I fuck with it. And then I go to talk to Alex and she's like, oh, and she tries talking to me again. And then she just busts out and starts howling again. <laughs> and she goes, we have to go get your haircut again. So then I went to architect hairdressers. which That is, is who what, I recommended yes.
0: originally. Yeah.
1: And when I sat down, they go, this haircut's awesome. It's like Johnny Depp. It's cool. It's like you're a rock star. And then I'm thinking, like, I'm questioning it now. And I'm like, should I cut it? And Alex came over and she started laughing again. And I'm like, okay, cut it, cut it, cut the hair. And then the guy spent about an hour and a bit. to
2: An hour?
1: Well, he brought over, I don't know if it was an intern or maybe it was somebody very high up, but they were analyzing what was done to my head. And it got very technical. They're like, oh, there's a side slope here. And they did a cross dissolve. And they were using all these terms that didn't even seem to add up to hair. (laughs) And they were, <laughs> they cared so much, and they put so much time and care into it that it felt like I was in good hands. And I am fairly happy with this. Like, sometimes it's shocking when you get your hair cut. I'm trying to see if I can show you a photo.
0: Yeah, I hope you took lots of photos of the bob. But I, I think I, I should have said off the top, I do think it looks great. Max, how do you Joy. feel about his hair while he looks for the photo? Oh, here's the photo. Uh,
2: it's sort of, uh, you can't quite see it. Oh, that was the original? <laughs> no, th- yeah, this is the first haircut. <laughs> but it was like kind of funny. It, yeah. it's is that my tr- baseball hat that you're wearing? That's
1: your hat, yeah. But okay.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, again, no, I looked too good
1: in this photo because it looked eighty times worse than this. But
0: what did they do? Was they kept it long and put it pretty much got it to your chin? But it was still like a cascading long haircut. Now your haircut is very much more. Yeah, it looks cool. It's still got length, but it's like tighter at the sides and the back, it would seem.
1: And for this, the, the reason I'm getting this cut is for the sketch show. So it has to be a utility haircut where I can seemingly be a person who works in an office or an ad executive or something, you know, whereas that cut, it's trying to be too cool where it'd be odd if that was the haircut I got for an office job sketch.
2: Um, How long did you wait to get the second haircut? About an hour. <laughs> oh, it was, it was that quick. Interesting, yes. because sometimes I find you got to sleep on it. Like sometimes like you get a haircut and you hate it in the moment. I feel like Greg Veerman does this mm-hmm. a lot, your brother, Mike, where he uh, hates the haircut. He's he's always disappointed in basically every haircut he ever gets. And then some and he and he's sort of muttering to himself for a few days. And then by like the fourth day, you're like, oh, actually, this is the perfect thing. You know how sometimes the haircuts don't make sense in the first week even. Yes. Yeah. That but ran through my in mind. One hour.
1: Well, it ran through my mind. I was thinking about it the whole time. And the way these hairdressers were saying, I love this haircut. You look so cool. It made me question it.
2: And I was thinking maybe I should get out of the chair. However, I don't have time to think. You know what? One thing, though, it's funny because even though hairdressers, you count on their expert opinion and you rely on their advice for things, they often have the dumbest haircuts of all like most haircut <laughs> like most like hairstylists i'm like what the fuck are you doing with your hair it's like it's, they're either wearing a hat or it looks ridiculous or they've dyed it a weird color yeah. or they don't give a shit at all and you're like and so if they were sort of ogling at you and like oh my god this is amazing maybe it was like a you know how there's like a like a, an actor's actor or a director's director <laughs> or a songwriter's song maybe that's a haircut Haircutters, <laughs> like <I know>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean M- you had a hairdresser's haircut and they all respected yeah, exactly. the work but <laughs> out the on, so yeah it's it's cool but out in the streets it might be a little odd but maybe that's what the hairdressers would appreciate that's the why Portland they were so Summit. excited about it yeah
1: I totally agree that it's very rare to find a person cutting your hair that has a cool haircut <laughs> yeah. it's always
2: a little too weird it's a little too weird mm-hmm. yeah I got a haircut uh, on Queen Street a few weeks ago now, and I think it's good. But they, the guy left this one side. I'm I, on the Zoom here, listeners. I'm pulling this out, and I don't know what to yeah. do, if I should put it over the one side or I let it hang. Um, but I will say when I went in the- oh, go ahead, Shane. I was just going to say curly hair is such an illusion because sometimes
1: it looks like, oh, Max just got another haircut. And then in an inst- the next day, your hair is very long-looking. So your hair mm. can retract and expand and it's it's really hard to tell what's going on.
2: It really depends on like how many hours since my last shower. That's really it. Also, there's something to do with humidity in the air too. Like if I am, if it's the summertime and I don't put product in it, then it like really puffs up. Um, well, even through the course of recording a podcast, like
1: right now, if I'm to screen grab this <laughs> screen, your hair looks terrible on that side. It looks weird. But then throughout the pod, you'll just go. And then it will look great for a second and then you'll flick your hair again and it will change. So even within an hour, it can change a lot.
2: But there is this weird thing on the side that's that's happening. And I do regret it a little bit because basically I reached out to one friend who uh, who I've gotten my haircut from before and They were very, very excited, I think, to have me because, you know, this is a famous head of hair, as we know. This is a big part of the brand. It's like, oh, my God, I cut Max Kerman's curly hair. This is like a big responsibility. I take this very serious. I know a lot of people are going to see this haircut.
0: You'd been growing it throughout the pandemic. This was no ordinary Max haircut. This was the cut after a long stretch.
2: Yeah. So then uh, it's like so if this. Uh, you know, hairdresser got the opportunity to cut my hair. This would be like a big win. They could post it on their social media before and after they take the job very, very seriously. And they know
1: they're going to be in a poll online afterwards. Like they just know what you're going to do next.
2: (laughs) Exactly. But here's the thing. They weren't available that afternoon and I had like an hour to kill. So I was like, ah, fuck it. Not going to do it. I just want to get this thing done. Who gives a shit? So then I just like walk into a barbershop on queen street in Toronto. Uh, and I have, you know, don't know anybody from anybody in there. And some random kid who honestly like looked like he was like 17 years old and couldn't speak English. <laughs> I, that's the person. I, <laughs> so I couldn't really communicate with them what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I could just tell this person didn't know the gravity of the situation. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you know, you're not taking this that seriously. You think I'm just a normal guy. But no, there's a, there's a lot going on here. But um, so I think. But Max, that, maybe, that move.
0: Yeah. I've done that move so many times, like especially when we were working downtown on Queen Street, where I would just get bored and I'd like call the the place I wanted, and they're like, "Oh, it's like gonna be two weeks," and I'm like, ah, "I just need to cut it now." And I would go into random spots. I have never walked out of a random spot situation with a good haircut. It always ah, turns out bad. Like what you did. Every time I've done that, and I never learn. I still, st- I would still do it once a year, maybe. Did you bring
1: a photo? You know, sometimes we'll bring like a photo of Brad Pitt, and it's like, oh, I want to yeah. look like this.
0: Because it's funny how people always bring photos of famous people. Mm-hmm. Max could bring a photo of himself from yeah, a past yeah. haircut. It's like, could you make it look like this guy? <laughs> That's what Arquette? I did for I me. Did.
1: Yeah, I brought a photo <laughs> of myself, I <laughs> and I go, I'm, I've been disappointed before. We're not getting, not looking like Brad Pitt after a haircut. I want to make it easy for you, and I want to look like me a year ago. And then somehow the haircut still got screwed up. But you did the same thing, Max.
2: Mm-hmm, I did. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know how good it worked out. But, you know, I'm a believer that, you know, you just keep it moving. Curly hair, whatever. It'll it'll be fine. Um, speaking of Toronto, though, uh, we had a great little Toronto night uh, where where our own Mikey V uh, was in the city. And we basically did part two of the Brent Hodgie podcast. It was <laughs> a hang... Featuring Mark Myers, mm-hmm. uh, as we all know, the beloved friend and director of many of our Kells videos. Uh, Sean Menard, one of Shane Cunningham's oldest friends and rivals. I don't know if you're a friend or a rival of Sean's. Uh, and we had Mandra Ash and Brent Hodge. And honestly, it was, and, and Mike, of course. And it, Mike, describe the night. It, w- it was an amazing hang. Like It was just like chatting about basically all of our favorite subjects. Shane, have you heard anything about this night that we had? I was fully briefed, yes. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Actually, that's funny because you could have been briefed by all three, Mark, myself, or Sean. Did you end up having separate conversations about the evening with all three of us? No, I
1: just like to go to the best briefer, which is you, Mike, and then I just didn't bother asking anyone
0: else. Oh, I gave Shane the the breakdown because Haji has great stories. He's worked with so many stories. Just amazing. So many comedians and people you'd know, and he just, his his sort of network is pretty vast. And so his stories are just great. So I was calling Shane, I was just telling him, you know, the vibe was awesome. The drinks were flowing. uh, uh, And Sean Menard was hilarious. He came in with funny energy, like right off the top, we walk in and Sean's like, Friend. He's like, you used to be my rival. He's like, and and, and we're all kind of going, where's this going to go? And then he eventually brings it back together that him and Haji had been talking throughout the pandemic because they're both, all three of those guys. Mark obviously made uh delivery with Shane uh, and Sean was in delivery as well. Sean made the Carter effect. Haji, as you guys know, if you're pod listeners has made a bunch of documentaries. So it's kind of like a documentary table, but then also was just really funny anecdotes. And then Hodge was like pitching us for podcast stuff. He was just being really funny and had like a lot of, a lot of sort of uh, a genius. Juice and sort of like um, exec energies. Like we got to do this, we got to do that, and I'm like, it man, was amazing.
2: And I know my reputation or my role in groups often is just to be, like, the feel-good, positive, anything-is-possible kind of guy. Like, usually I'm just like, it's just fine. Just do it. Why don't you do it? Come on. It'll be great. We'll figure this out. We'll yeah. do that. Haji is me times, like, 100. Like, did you <laughs> yeah. guys notice that? Like, I was like, well, what if we did that? He's like, oh, yeah, you should just definitely do that. I'm like, are you sure? That seems, like, kind of, like, unrealistic. He's like, oh, yeah, just definitely do it. It's going to be amazing. And <laughs> like, but he totally had, like, big wig exec energy, but it was so contagious. It was awesome.
0: Him. Oh, and he was doing that thing too. He's like, who do we need to talk to get this done? I, I got them on my phone. Let's do this. Let's send a message yeah. right now. It's I'll like, text okay. him right now. I'll text yeah, him right yeah. now.
2: <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Bill Simmons. Oh yeah. I'm doing something with Bill Simmons. Like, you're doing something with Bill Simmons. Like, what about uh, Lauren Michaels? Yeah, yeah, I know Lauren Michaels. Like, what the fuck? Like, anyway, like, I'm so excited <laughs> to have Haji back on the pod because we, I, th- it feels like we really just skimmed the surface of like fun shit that he's up to. And uh, 100%. yeah, it, it was a really good hang great. I, and,
0: and our listeners, I know, are sensitive to sh- us inviting Shane to things. I did reach out to Shane. I asked Shane. But you were going through some uh, battles on the home front. Everyone was sick, which is why your voice is a little hoarse right now.
1: Yeah, I got it bad. I yeah, was sick. Yeah. And uh, y- there's just a lot going on right now. And there, uh, there was a project with this family tree I had to attend to. So I-, I was very jealous, though, especially he- the best nights are always the nights, you know, you're not at somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you hear about after. Mm
1: hmm.
2: Speaking of people that are like me, uh, <laughs> um, I went to the opening of uh, a new nightclub in Toronto, a new music venue. History, have you guys heard about mm. this new
0: venue? Yeah, it's been all over the socials.
2: Only from your Instagram. Yeah, people that aren't familiar. So History is a project between Live Nation and Drake and it's a new music venue that's about capacity 2500. And if you know much about like the history of, you know, the Toronto music scene, there hasn't really been a like a, a great club of that size. If you go to any of the other big major cities, there's like a lot of options for artists to play if you're in that sort of 2,000 to 3,000 cap range. In the past, it was only really like um, the docks. Uh, what was the place called again? uh Poulsen Pier. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Rebel, Rebel. Rebel um, Nightclub, yeah. Yeah, so Rebel Night- Nightclub. Um, but anyway, they've really invested like, it's, it's a real like state of the art, like artist-friendly, audience-friendly venue. Um, and, of course, it's been delayed, the opening, because full-cap shows weren't able to happen until last night where Bleachers uh, kicked off uh, a new uh, you know, era of live music in Toronto. And Bleachers, as we know, is Jack Antonoff's project. He was in the band Fun. He was in the band Steel Train. Um, and he has also produced... Everybody from Taylor Swift to Lord to Saint Vincent, uh, and basically every female pop star of significance in the last like five years, there's a good chance Jack Antonoff's produced it. And so, and he also loves Bruce Springsteen, so it was a very cool show to to witness because uh, his it was the last night of the tour for that band, and they were really amazing. And I was stealing, we're going to be stealing lots of tricks from them, and. <laughs> uh, but I'm but I bring this all up because I'm also sort of jealous because he's basically doing all he, he had Springsteen on his last record and he's doing you know so many things that like I think are very cool. What's a trick you're gonna steal? Uh, oh, I mean, there's like a dueling saxophone solo thing happening. Yeah, he does a bit where he gets everybody to get on, on each other's shoulders. He's like the one song. He's like, get on your like if if you're here with somebody, you get on their shoulders. So there's a bunch of people are on each other's shoulders. I'm like, I'm that that's definitely one we're gonna steal. That feels um, dangerous to me. Does it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what <laughs> if
0: something happens?
2: I mean, is it's a very like feel-good show. I don't think anything's really gonna happen. Okay.
0: I saw lots of clips across social media of that show last night because I feel like a lot of people went to that show, like a lot of the Toronto people that and we have friends night live nation and across that whole spectrum uh MLSC, all that a lot of people were at that show but so there was a lot of footage of jack doing his thing and without i i haven't followed them at all but the show felt through insta very Springsteen-y. his moves his leather jacket his like and then he, he takes the coat off and he's kind of got like the short sleeved like uh bruce shirt it felt like it, was, yeah. it, was, it all felt very Bruce-e the whole thing was as i was watching it
2: yeah, it was uh, we got to we got hooked up in this sort of like vip zone off to the side of the stage they also brought pizza and his open bar is very fun. It was good. Anyway, so shout out to the bleachers, to bleachers, I should say, and uh, Jack Antonoff and the entire band. Um, you, you said, you, you, said to a- you,
0: yeah, I was going to say you said you met them.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, their whole touring party is very much locked down. Uh, so it was only me that was able to ha- head back there and, and say hi. Um, but uh, super nice. It was cool because, you know, you see somebody like Jack Antonoff and go, oh, man, that guy has like the world at his fingertips. And he does. But he was talking about like, oh, you know, like the show was amazing. But like, I always feel like we're a little behind here in Canada. Like, oh man, we got to be going to like Calgary and Edmonton. Like those are real markets. And I feel like those are behind from where we are in some places in the States. So it's just interesting to hear him like talk about like, sort of like the logistics of like growing the project. And he's like, oh, you know, have you ever been there? Have you been to the show? It's worth it. You know, maybe it's a break even, but it's worth it because you're growing it. And like, hey, we just sort of talking about the business side of it uh, in a way that I find interesting and humanizing too, because it's very totally. easy to go. Like this guy's got everything. And he, and on a certain level he does, but he's always, you know, like what's the next thing, which is what we're all trying to do on some
0: level. So yeah. yeah. Guys, what else? What are we talking about here? Do you want to hit topics or anything else going That's on some in our topics. lives? We'll hit some topics. It's been busy. I mean, I feel like Shane and I are going to have a lot to talk about because we're working on this show, as we've alluded to the last few episodes. That is heating up. Uh, calls every day, meetings every day. Lots of stuff going on, and I'm really excited uh, to do that and to talk about it after it's done. I feel like I feel like we're going to have a lot to uh, to go through. What are you laughing at, Maxie boy?
2: Oh no, I was just laughing because I actually had a great little hang um, with John Populus, who's also part of the show. The Absolutely, yeah. On. And John Poppas is a colleague of yours, but I went to the movies with him and he's a great, great, great hang, uh, to walk to and from a movie because he is an encyclopedia of like the history of film. Have you, you guys, uh, I'm sure you guys know that, but like he's, uh, he, Max, he, have, he you, loves... have you
0: ever listened to an episode of the pedestal?
2: Oh, of course. Obviously. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, yes, I have, I have, but like, but I, but I haven't like had that hang with John like personally really before. And, uh, it was a joy. We went, went to the Wes Anderson movie. Have you guys seen it yet? No, I hear it?
1: it's very terrible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, mm. that that was sort of the review uh, from all of us. But uh, it was fun even dissecting a bad Wes Anderson movie. So but
1: okay, during the movie, was Populus mm. talking to you throughout?
2: No, you know, he was pretty well behaved. <laughs> Why okay. does he do that? Is he that oh, guy? Oh, he can do that. Yes. <laughs> no, he was good. Well, because my other movie buddy, Matt, book club, Maddie, uh I, I see probably 98% of movies with with Matt Frookman. Uh, and he listens to the pod, so shout out to Matt. Matt can get a little chatty sometimes, um, uh, especially when he thinks that he's predicted something in the movie. He's like, as I was saying, this is exactly what was going to happen. He'll like <laughs> mutter that to you. <laughs> like, <I'm doing laughs> your um,
0: well, that's, the, you know, what's funny? About that predictive thing when you're watching shows, like sometimes I'll do that. Like when you watch a million things and you're watching a show, you feel like there's certain beats are going to hit or there's going to, it's going to, they're foreshadowing something that, you know, it's going to go there if you're paying attention. Sometimes I'll say that to Danica and like, usually I'm probably, I got probably got like an 80% hit rate or something, but then when on like the 20% where I'm like, say way off or I've guessed wrong, she will laugh at me openly. Uh, but her like big phrase that she's always said, her big saying is nobody likes a good guesser. And it's true ah. because it's, she's, she said it when it comes to like presents or it's like, oh, did you get me the new PlayStation? I'm making something up. And then it is you take away sort of the joy for them. You're taking a joy out of it to ultimately just what I guess be right. And it never was more obvious to me. All right. I think I learned the lesson a hard way because uh, Danica has been saying this for like decades. And I, um, I was at a bachelor party with a good friend. We were in Vegas and we went and saw Penn and Teller, the the magicians. And he loves magic. It's like, it's one of his things. He's like just one of these guys that really appreciates the craft and the entertainment value. And I'm watching this. It's like there's sort of big grand finale trick. And I probably shouldn't describe the trick on here because I'm going to do it again. But they basically do something on stage where they have both of them up there. Anyway, long story long. I lean into my buddy and I say, oh, I, basically call the big reveal and he looks and then he looks and he says, cause it took place. There was like a, it's kind of like, um, one of them was at a different part in the building and it's, it, I, I wish I could describe the trick so I could explain how I figured it out, but I also feel like I'd be doing Penn and Teller a disservice. Anyway, I call it perfectly. I say, that's, that's blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, 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 and then it happens and the audience, they go nuts. They love it. And I, I looked over at my friend and I was like, oh, man, I, I ruined that trick for him. I, like I ruined that trick to show him that I was like clever enough to figure it out. So ultimately, uh, sometimes it's better, even if you know, just to keep it to yourself because you're taking a little bit of the magic away from the people that you're with.
1: You could, I agree. but sometimes if someone's a really good guesser and then you do surprise them, it feels better. And I can How tell so? when someone's faking it. If I get them a gift and they know and they're, they're acting- I'm just like, just tell me you knew
0: because <laughs> I can believe. then I can
1: guess that they knew. You know what I mean? Then I'm guessing. I'm like, you weren't surprised. No, like, yes, I was. I really was. And I can always tell they're lying.
0: So well, I, I would like love you
1: like- doing that to me during the if I was watching a magic show, even if I loved magic and you were ripping everything apart just to see if Penn and Teller could outsmart you. And then, you'd yes. be like, man, they got me. And I'd be like, that's that's my magicians right there.
0: Well, I feel like this is like a personal topic for you because you pride yourself on being such a good guesser. You were very clever Mm -hmm. at figuring things out. You like predictive sort of statements. That's like your, that's your bag. Mm -hmm. Do you ever hold back those things going, maybe it's like, maybe I shouldn't share this because it might, uh, it might ruin it if you get the other people thinking in that way.
1: Depends on my audience. I try to do things that I, like I, I used to go by the adage of treat people the way you want to be treated. And I switched it to treat people the way they want to be treated. So I <laughs> I know good my good friends <laughs> long enough that I know what irks them. Like I know, for instance, if I'm with you, Mike, in a movie theater, you don't suffer anyone talking in your ear or whispering during any parts. Like you hate that shit. <laughs> and I tried that with you once and you just gave body language like it was the worst thing in the world. So I would never <laughs> do that to you. If I'm with Populus, I'll be like, doing an add-on joke in the movie theater because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, so everybody's different and I try to adjust
2: slightly to what they like. makes sense. Shane, that's actually a great, I love that actually, Shane. I think that's really smart. That's actually a good like leadership technique because it's like what works for some people won't work for others. So it's like some people are like, just tell it to me straight, like, or like, give me the hard truth. And some people are like, no, can you just like be really nice about it and don't traumatize me here or what, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like just treat people the way they want to be treated. Like what is the best way they can receive notes Information direction, do you know what I mean? And that is different for each person to a degree. Oh, right? oh yeah, it's like with our friend group too. Some friends of ours like
1: to be teased and they enjoy it. Some of them hate it. <laughs> I'm not going to be teasing someone who doesn't enjoy it, but I'll, I'll have yeah. a, all night. I'll tease someone <laughs> if they if they're going to play a game, you know.
2: Who's a who's a friend that likes being teased? Would you say? I
1: would say Jules. He's a good guy to like just have a joke all night where we're just ribbing each other in like a fun way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah like
1: like the nut yeah. it, like the nut likes it and hates it, but like there there's still a, a, a I don't know a game about it. That's enjoyable.
0: The thing with the nut though, is you're always scared he could go nuclear if it goes yes. too far. <laughs> like he's he's got the launch codes and you just don't know if he's going to say something that like could ruin a friendship. <laughs> yes. Cause yeah. it's like, it's so, it's, you know, it's, oh, we're having a laugh. That's a funny burn. Oh, that's a clever one. And then you go a little too far with him and then he'll say something that you can't take back.
2: Well, I was saying that the ratio of launch codes uh, to, to being well-behaved used to be like 70, 30. Like if you're going out with the nut, like back in like five years ago and he's really matured. So this is a big credit to him. If you went out with the nut five years ago, there was like a 30% chance <laughs> that, you know, the, the nuclear launch codes were being released. But um, but now it's got to be like 97 to 3%. Like, he doesn't do it. Like, you have to catch him on a, like on a bad night yeah. for him to, to go nuclear. And so credit, he's grown. He's evolved.
0: Yeah, he's just got so much cool shit going on in his life. He doesn't care, I think, enough to engage yeah. on that level. He's yeah. just like, yeah, now we're good. It's a laugh. Let's yeah. keep it moving. He's got a hot
2: body and everything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um actually one other thing before we get to topics we're just, we're just we're going loose today guys uh yeah i like it it's better that way i was at the uh, park with winona and there was like me and her were just there like killing time and there was uh there was like a parent group with like their kids like they kind of get together but it was like five women and like one dude he was like the husband but i'm like hanging at the slide with winona And I'm kind of like out of my peripheral. And I know you do a lot of, you guys do a lot of people watching too. I'm kind of like watching the dynamic of this group. And it's like a bunch of boys. It's like, I don't know, 10 boys all running around, all like really young. And the dad's got like this like fun dad energy, like a mix of like, I don't know, like Kevin James and Will Sasso or something. But like, he's really laying it on thick. Like he's like, all right, do you want a body slam or do you want like a whatever, a suplex? And he's trying to like, this one new kid showed up and he's like, so which one? I'll demonstrate. And he's body slamming them. And you can tell like a couple of the moms are like, oh, okay, like that's really aggressive. And so he like, he body slams the one kid. And I guess there was like a twig that went into the kid's head. So the kid started crying. Oh, so now God. the dad's doing that like, oh, there's a, there's a twig. And the mom's like, okay, maybe we don't do some like body slamming Craig or whatever his name was. And uh, and he's like, he's like, oh, he's was fine. Was Craig
2: his kid? No, was it his kid? or something? Okay. Oh, oh, no, the
0: kid the kid that got hurt was not his kid. That was the other part. It was okay. just like too much. Yeah, too much like, you know, manhandling other people's kids. But in oh, his no. defense, the, the dudes seem to like it. The little kids seem to kind of like his fun dad energy. Mm-hmm. I'm literally just sitting there like on the side of the window and be like, this is hilarious. Uh, then like dad, fun dad calms down a bit, right? And he chills and the kids run around and do stuff. Then I'm over another part of the park with Wynn. And then I kind of look over. I'm like, "What's Fun Dad up to now?" And what he's done is he's gone to the swings. He's in handcuffs. There's like <laughs> resting them. There's four like four swings across. And what uh, Fun Dad is doing is he's like he's swinging them all, and he's calling it the gauntlet. And he's sending the kids to the other side so they have to run through the swings and try not to get hit by the swinging swings. <laughs> oh, no. So you have to like pause, and then it swings, and then you step, and it swings. So it's like kind of like American Gladiators or one of these shows. Now I am like, I'm enraptured. I'm now, I'm not even paying attention to Winona. Winona's run off. I'm literally just watching Fun Dad. And honestly, like the one kid's kind of getting through because he's got good timing. He's like a smart kid for like whatever he was, like seven or whatever. But the second kid, like I could just see it coming. It was like Squid Game almost. He just mistimed it. And the swing like fucking pinged this kid, like right in the, the head. He just got like, boom, kid starts wailing. Mom, one of the moms screams from the thing. She's like, no, no, that's done. And then he goes, oh, guess the party's over, kids. Like, it was so fucking (laughs) funny. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha, guess the party's (laughs) over. So then so then, Fun Dad bails. But now the kids know how to create the gauntlet. So now the kids are doing the gauntlet on their own. And the moms are screaming at them to not do the gauntlet of swings. Do you know who the Fun
1: Dad is in our group?
0: Oh, great question. No, do you have an answer?
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, who is it? It's Julian. You haven't noticed?
0: Oh, he did do this. We've had a big Halloween hang with all the champagne boys and their kids.
1: But even at your 40th birthday party, he's throwing every kid up, like spinning Lucy around. And I go up to him. I'm like, we're allowed to touch the other children that aren't ours? And he's like, I guess. Like, I didn't know we were allowed to, like, I didn't know I could, like, tickle Mike his son or something. Like,
0: And he just has such a great
1: relationship with all the other kids. But like Julian's really good at doing that and it not being weird at all. But I feel yes. like if I did it, I would feel
2: like, I don't well, know. J- Julian's a natural wrestler. You know, Julian's mm-hmm. been wrestling with, with like all of us. So it's like very much in his nature to be very much like a five-year-old, six-year-old boy to begin with. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. sort of his, his bag.
1: But I feel like Popolis would do that and actually injure the children because <laughs> he's very rough like sometimes he'll pat me on the back and it will I'll, my back will be out for a week
2: <laughs> honestly uh i uh, this is like back in the summer i met up with a friend who has like a two-year-old uh like in the east end in toronto and there is at a playground there's a bunch of kids there's a swing set this two-year-old sort of wanders into the swing area just as this like maybe nine year old girl is on the backswing and it was like in slow motion Mm. and you could just see it happening. You are like, no. And then the, the nine year old comes back and just like, the the, the two year old kind of goes flying into the air and it's <laughs> yeah. like 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 it's like sacked like a football player or something. Oh, that was brutal. Um, and, and th- but then of course like the nine year old is also like really startled and like her yeah. parents are there. Like, are you okay? And then like who's responsible? Like th- that that um the parent dynamic. I just can't even think about it. It would feel like it was so awkward. Like, it's like, okay, your kid fucked up my kid. It was an accident, but my kid might have brain trauma. We're at a playground. How do we talk to, am I allowed to be mad at your kid? Are you mad at me for being a delinquent parent? You know what I mean? Like, yeah yeah like the, the 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 blame in those situations kids are, very, are pretty uh, durable though confused. max like more than you think brain trauma right away i don't think is the <laughs> assumption <laughs> like you think they're so fragile speaking of uh, fun uncle i did uh, my 10-minute uncle routine yesterday uh, with my sister's kid kai and they uh, we were going to see my grandma kai is six he shows up and literally in the first seven seconds he had those like little Halloween size treats Smarties and he dropped them on the floor and they all fell on the ground. Oh, fail. And, and then he just has a meltdown. He's like, ah! he starts crying <laughs> and then, and he's like inconsolable and uh, like hiding behind my sister. I'm like, hi, it's fine. They're just fucking Smarties. Do you want some more Smarties? And he, he kind of looks up to me like kind of curiously. I'm like, yeah, do you want to just like go to the store? I'll buy you whatever you want. He's like, okay.
0: <laughs> he gets <laughs> a new, new pair of Nikes. More. Yeah, But wait,
2: Smarties yeah, are the, the, the easiest store.
1: food that you can actually pick up off the ground and clean.
2: Out of all <laughs> yeah, the foods that, that to true. drop,
1: Smarties is the best, I think.
2: Smarties is an easy one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we went to the shoppers around the corner and he got like a massive bag of M&M's. I'm like, buy whatever you want. I'm rich. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh Let's do some topics. We don't got to do them all. I mean, we have yeah, we, we about 10 right? minutes
2: now.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't read oh, I, any of the topics too. So I'll be a good audience to absorb whatever the topics are.
0: Uh, Sorry, you've read them all or you haven't and I'm pitching to you right no, now. No, I've been
1: getting my hair cut a lot. So, you know, I was in that chair for three hours and that was my topic <laughs> reading time.
0: All right. Here, here we go. So the thing is we got about three topics. Let's try. What do you want to start with? I kind of want to uh, talk about
2: Aaron Rodgers or something. Do you want to talk about oh, Aaron Oh, okay.
0: Mm. All right.
2: That's
1: an yeah, interesting sure. one. Yes, I do know about that.
0: Yeah, so for our listeners, Aaron Rodgers uh, tested positive for COVID-19. His team's rocking. I don't know if that's neither here or there. Like, Aren't the Packers like 7-1 or something I read? So Yeah, they're good. It's and a big blow. Lo- yeah, they lost. Uh, yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, so it's a big blow for him to be they out, lost whatever.
1: Yeah. Without him, With the- they lost? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
0: So so the the controversy stems from the fact that this part I don't fully understand, but I think he alluded to being vaccinated. Uh, there's some miscommunication about others. He said, body, I'm
1: immune. <laughs> he said it better than I'm this. I'm immunized. <laughs> immune. <laughs> How do you say that word? <laughs> immunized.
2: Immunized? Immunized. It's not yeah. immunized. Yeah, I'm immunized. Really? Immunized? Immunized? Immunonized. I'm immunized. Fuck. <laughs> Why is that word? <laughs> I
1: realized I've never said that word out loud I've been before.
2: immunized. I've been immunized is what it is.
0: Yeah. He said this.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But okay. I think he said it properly. I don't think either of us are saying it right. He said that word, but it started with an I and
2: not an E. Immunized. Immunized. Yes. I've been that's immunized. what he said.
0: uh okay but i guess uh, through his definition not by a vaccine but maybe by he maybe had it before so he felt like he had the antibodies i'm guessing that's what he was alluding to
2: yes oh yeah so somebody asked him at the beginning because he was uh late to show up for training camp because he had some like contract dispute he maybe wanted to be traded he finally shows up he causes a lot of disruption i guess at his first press conference they asked him like have you been vaccinated and he goes yeah, I've been immunized. But here's the thing. This is a, a conversation that's very divisive, and you're going to hear a lot of different kinds of answers from the guys. He kind of mutters the line and gets on talking about how he doesn't want to make it into a political thing. Mm. Um, so, and I guess, yeah, Mike, as you're saying, it's like his definition of immunized. Like, what does that mean? Like, you've been immunized in your life um, to other, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like talking whatever, about COVID. smallpox and, and and polio or whatever. I think he uh, meant he had COVID before oh okay that makes sense
0: so he that's felt like he had a natural sort of body Anti-body response. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so okay so that's part one the second part is he does get contract COVID 19 again so he has to sit out says he feels fine uh then everyone's asking like are you vaccinated like how did you get it etc cetera, etc cetera. he ends up sitting down for an interview i don't know if it was on a podcast or what it was i've seen the video but he essentially gets on there and everyone's kind of waiting to hear what he had to say And he basically just says, no, I'm not. I'm allergic to the ingredients and two of the vaccines uh, that could cause sterilization. He basically kind of went on um, everything that you've read, certain people on Facebook post, like a lot of sort of non-truths or like murky rumors or like sort of conspiracy theories. He basically just kind of like rolled out the greatest hits of that. Uh, But he did say
1: he was allergic and his doctor said not to take the two vaccines that were popular. He could take Johnson & Johnson, but it's the punchline in so many shows right now and in popular culture that he didn't feel comfortable taking that.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the blood clots with the Johnson & Johnson. Mm -hmm. And it's like that thing where I think that there was eight for like six per 6 million or whatever that is. But, and listen, like people are going to have the reasons and that's how Aaron Rodgers feels. And then he got on the big soapbox about people are going to make this a political thing. Uh, All the woke people are going to come after me. He's like, the right are going to try and use me. You know, they're going to celebrate me. He's like, I don't give a shit about either one. This is how I feel. And then, of course, you know, SNL made fun of him this weekend uh, with Pete Davidson playing uh, Aaron Rodgers. Like everything that he sort of predicted was going to happen, happened. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts?
1: Who hosted SNL, by the way?
0: It was um, uh, Kieran Culkin.
1: Oh, r- oh Kieran. Yeah. Was it a good one? I got to see that one.
0: I just saw the cold open and then I I had to do some stuff with Winona. I'm excited so it. Yeah,
1: some, the, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, okay. Thought, so was it mandatory for all NFL players
2: to be vaccinated? No, but I think they had to – there's rules if you are unvaccinated about like uh, how you have to wear your mask. And like there's different like protocol that unvaccinated people I think have to follow. And he wasn't doing any of that stuff. So I think like if you're on the sideline, you have to wear a mask. He never wore a mask. I think because everyone assumed that he was vaccinated because he kind of lied. It's just interesting that they don't require
1: any paperwork or anything. They have a rule on how you wear your mask if you're not vaccinated yet. They just ask you and they take it at your word. That's a lot of trust for such a professional organization. All right, taking attendance. Aaron Rogers, you uh, vaccinated? Uh, I'm immunized. Okay, yep. And then they just <laughs> move enough. on. That's weird, right? Shouldn't there be okay. m- protocol? Like, if I go to a restaurant, they actually need to see something. Well, and I have to show my ID.
0: Yes in theory, but like anything in this world, like there's usually a higher, like if Drake shows up to a restaurant, are they checking his immunization? I don't know. It's a good question. Like if you're the Packers and you've already had this guy who's requested a trade and you're handling him with kid gloves and you don't want to piss him off anymore. Maybe you don't, you don't press him too much. You know, maybe you ask him once and he's like, yeah, I'll sort that out. Don't worry, I'll get it to you. And then he just doesn't. And then they don't ask again. That stuff kind of probably happens all the time in all infrastructures.
1: I do check Drake's card if it's part of the policy of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to lose my job.
0: Totally. I, I get it. But I'm sure that there's people who don't.
1: Would you check Drake's card or would you be intimidated?
0: I don't know what you're more likely <laughs> to lose your job for. Not checking or checking. Because the owner of the bar might be like, don't piss Drake off. I want him in this fucking bar. I don't, I'd don't. rather take the fine from the province than not have Drake in my bar. <laughs> shit, when it, shit falls through the cracks. It's usually something like that. More so than one person being like, these are the rules. I got to see everybody's. Everybody's immunization, which I want, but we know there's different rules for celebs and common people always. And I don't think that the immunization is any different.
1: What about you, Max? You're famous. Had, have
2: they been checking your immunization card or your vaccination card? Oh, yeah. They do? I'm not Aaron Rodgers or Drake famous. But that's actually a funny game to think of, like, which champagne boy would check Drake's immunization card if they're working the door at a, at a restaurant. <laughs> it's like, which which would do it? Rob a school would definitely check
0: Oh, he wouldn't give a fuck. Card, he, right? He'd get fired over it. He'd be cool. He'd be like, no. Nope, he would do a citizen's real.
2: arrest or something if Drake tried to sit down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see how many places though in Toronto you could get away with just blowing by and be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it later. I'll, yeah, trust me, I'm fine. And just
2: sat down. Yeah, I feel like Canadians are so obedient too. It's like, I, you know, at least you know in our circles, it's like people would happily like you know show the identification and, and not feel bothered by it. But there is this like sort of like American like li- like liberty, don't tell me what to do spirit that I feel like Aaron Rodgers and is embodying. It, I find him to be such an odd character because he really kind of came off, at least to me, like sort of like a pompous, arrogant know-it-all uh, in that interview on the pod. But then like also he's like, okay, he's really into uh, Jeopardy and he has like a book club and he's he's a leader of men. He's a quarterback. Like he clearly must have some people skills and is like an interesting person. And I know those two things aren't mutually exclusive, but I wonder like. Mike, did you get a sense of what he was like as a Jeopardy host? Like, Does he have a charisma about him? Because right now, it seems like everybody kind of hates him.
0: I think he was... No, as a Jeopardy host, I think he was good. And I think he also had a low bar to sort of like hurdle because he's a football player. So you sort of, you go, oh, he's doing really good for a football player. That being said, or an athlete, let's say. That being said, like, the thing that's kind of interesting is people that are into Jeopardy, it would seem anecdotally, are sort of like knowledge seekers and like people that care about history and sort of like... Um, yeah, like, like in a, in a a way you would think that maybe they'd be on the side of like, you know, why we're doing these vaccinations, what the the role it can play in society, trusting science and and things of that nature, because it's like, I I feel like people that think with that mind, maybe like the idea, those tend to be like jeopardy fans, I think, but maybe I'm wrong, but then also it can go the other way where those people that are seekers of truth, like an Aaron Rodgers or a Kyrie Irving, they fiercely value their independence and sort of, you know, their ability to seek. Information uh, uh, is almost the thing that leads them to an anti-vax stance for better or worse. It's like that that thing that makes them into trivia or knowledge or whatever that is. They've clearly hooked on to something when it comes to people describing these vaccinations that goes the other way instead of like believing in institutions and, you know, the the viability of these things or how safe they are and effective they are. They go the other way and say, ah, no, I think it's, I'm going to sit it out because I actually don't believe in this thing right now or I think it's dangerous. hmm but yeah, I was a yeah. little surprised because he see because as you know, as a guy that loved Jeopardy and wanted to host it, yeah, I thought maybe, but you never know, right? And like you said, these things aren't mutually exclusive.
1: I feel like the hair has yeah. changed him a little bit. <laughs> like ever since it's been longer, he's been a little different.
0: So I started thinking, man, because in that interview with the Tuke, his hair looks so long right now. And I was like, was his hair that long? Like he hosted Jeopardy only like five months ago. Does your hair grow that long? And so I started scrutinizing Jeopardy stills. And I think they pinned it. I think it was that Mm -hmm. long. And I think they swooped it back. And I think they pinned it down and into his collar. I'm convinced of this, that he had long hair while hosting Jeopardy. They just, uh, they styled it in a way where you didn't realize it.
1: Someone was saying that he only grew it that long. Go. No, go ahead. Okay, we got a Shailene Woodley question on hold here, but I was just going to say that someone was saying that he only grew his hair that length to be John Wick for Halloween. And then I looked it up. He's in a club as John Wick on Halloween with a photoreal gun pointing it at people like sideways, which I thought was a weird move.
0: <laughs> I did not see that. Did he look like John Wick?
1: A little bit, but it's just you so strange. Shailene Woodley? Yeah.
2: Sorry, go. Shailene Woodley. Fuck, sorry. Sorry <laughs> to do it, do it. This is not even in, important. Do you think Shailene Woodley is vaccinated? His wife or girlfriend? Mm,
1: maybe not. Mm. She's a little, all people and like the health, not all people, but yoga type tend to go against it. She seems like she's yeah. earthy.
0: Yeah, there's definitely yeah, like that faction of people who refuse to get it, which is like my immune system, my body has everything mm-hmm. I need to fight this thing. And they just, you know, they bet on that. And that's the way that choose to live. She seems like she could be in that camp.
2: All right, let's do Shane surprise.
0: Let's hit it.
1: So I heard about this Haji hang that I couldn't attend, and rumor has it that you were talking about changing the name of Micah Much. Is that true or false?
0: <laughs> yeah, it came up Whoa, in a roundabout no. way. Yeah, go ahead, Max. Yeah, well, I was just saying
2: earlier on the pod, Haji is like the most encouraging person ever, and he was basically going on about how like Mike is the the best interviewer uh, in the country um, and that like the, the podcast is, is the best podcast in the world or maybe the country. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we were talking about like, Oh, well like is the name Mike on much confusing because you know, it's like, what is the, what is the name should sort of describe what the show is about. And um, the show has changed a little bit because it used to be a purely an interview show. Now it's more based on like a three man weave happening and you know hitting on all sorts of random topics between politics sports and personal stuff um is there an opportunity to change the name because mike on much isn't quite exactly what the show is versus where it started you know five years ago so then i was like oh that's you know i've actually thought about the idea of like would we change the title of the show and what would that be uh and and haji i should say didn't realize it was mike as in michael like m-i-k-e he thought it was M I C, uh, like microphone, microphone on much,
0: which I thought was kind of interesting. And he also, it was always supposed to be too, like a double meaning, like mic on much, meaning like the channel, but then also mic on many topics, on much, on much, mm-hmm. you know, things. And so he got that part of the much. I don't think he even knew about the channel tie in. I think he thought it was like a microphone on many topics.
1: Would you guys ever consider switching the name? In the group to being like like Shane and the boys or something like, you know, <laughs> and every five years, just maybe then in five years after that, then Max gets his name to be the, uh, the
0: maximum like, maximum overdrive or to uh, the max. To the max. That's a good one. To to the max. Yeah.
2: No, this is so the Shane, is this a play for you to be the namesake of the show? It just feels like it could be time,
1: but I don't know if we would have to, to be fair, go for at least fifteen years so
2: everyone gets their five years in the sun.
0: Of the namesake? I like it.
2: So we have to commit to fifteen years. I, I like that idea. That is a good idea. Um Shane, do you have any other ideas for what the show could be called if it's not Shane and the boys? Shane squared <laughs> um, in Shane and the membrane.
0: <laughs> in Shane in the membrane. We, you know what's funny is that uh, that night we were throwing around stuff too.
2: Yeah, what do we say? Um, I, I thought of something because I like the idea of us sort of getting a feel for you know things that are happening in the culture. Temperature check. Temp mm-hmm. check. Where it's like, you know, we're getting a temperature check on, like, what's going on in the world. But I do think when you listen to, like, shows on The Ringer, say, they – it's like, oh, it's like The Bachelor show or The NBA Ringer show or um, uh, The Rewatchables, which is obviously mm-hmm. about film. It's it's like, what is the sort of angle or the demo we're going for and what does that name suggest? And what is the, what is the demo we're going for, guys? I don't even really know. Are Kelly Good Times? Are Kelly yeah, um, yeah, but um, do you have any
1: other ideas? Shane, Shane and Max on the mic,
0: <laughs> M I K E, though, we yes, flip it. <laughs> yes.
1: No, that's funny. Shane and Max on the mic. <laughs> My goal was to come up with like 50 and just list them off but then i had so many weird mm. meetings today I, I couldn't do it so i thought we'd do a live
2: brainstorm what about um there's we had like a northern like canadian thing right d- d- we oh yeah, like, we were,
0: uh, yeah we were playing around with that at some point like rocket ships were mentioned but again the, the guinness was flowing
2: uh why did we say rocket ships I you actually said you got it excited about. That. yeah
0: mm-hmm. I, I think it was in conjunction with another word though i was trying to think of that actually last week but I don't know. It's hard to come up with names on the spot. You How really do you feel about, about
1: that, though? Getting away from your name,
0: I I don't mind because I, I it, oh it was always kind of like awkward, which I thought could like it. it what does it mean? It's weird, Mike. On much, you know. But I kind of thought, okay, that can be like a catchy thing, and we always say stuff just becomes what it is eventually, like the Foo Fighters or Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like they're weird words or names, and then you say it enough, and it's fine. Um, but I because the show's changed, like. I always like, I mean, we've had this conversation before because other opportunities have sort of come around. We had this with the Crave show, which just became like a much in conversation with, but we talked about naming it something more like it's, this isn't the name. Cause there's something called but, like the good show or it's something that could like in, embody the three of us together. I just, we've never, we've never brainstormed it in earnest, or at least I've mm-hmm. never thought too hard about it, but, uh, um, as a concept or theoretically, absolutely. i yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, okay, well,
2: let's let's leave that here. Let's uh, to our listeners. Uh, do you, are you addicted to the name Mike on Much, or are you interested in in a name change? And what what would that be? So uh, we're all ears. We're we're flexible, nimble people. And if you if you love Mike on Much and you'd be sad to see that name go, then that's good to know. But if you're like, no, 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 here it is. Here's the new name. Then that's good too. Shane's world could work. It's like Wayne's world. <laughs> Shane on
0: <laughs> me. <laughs> they, they all work they all work we could maybe someone will find a way to 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 meld all three of our names together in a word that sounds cool mm. I like that alright okay well that's it that's all that's our episode yeah. everybody thanks for listening thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next week